maybe I'm crazy, but I'm I'm not trying to have a white boy summer. Nope. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. It is Shantiera's birthday today. It was Heller's birthday on Friday. So happy birthday to Heller and Shantiera. Uh, hope they, well, Heller already had a great weekend. T, hope you have a great week. Um, it's the crazy gang today. Donnie, Heller, and T, we're going to talk about uh, White Boy Summer, Chet Hanks. We're going to talk about Usher uh, playing with his life. Not really, but we thought he was with the Usher Bucks. Um, Got to get into Zion, the Lakers. We'll talk a little draft. Um, the Eagles are a hot mess as usual. And KD. But let's get started with Win It or Quit It. Win It. Win It. Quit It. Win It. We about to turn up in SB. Heller. What's up, Joy? The hardest working woman in sports. Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate you. How's it going? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Heller. Happy birthday to you. But it's T's birthday though. Yeah, Shantiara got the Stevie Wonder version. Would you like the Stevie Wonder version? Uh, I mean, you don't have to because my birthday was a few days ago, but next year, please. Okay, yes. Uh, it's belated birthday right. to Heller because Heller, like most men, chooses to do the annoying thing where he doesn't say anything about his birthday. <laughs> it's his actual birthday. Whatever. Um, and uh, you know, we're all adults, so I don't have one of those things that moms have. Like every mom's house has a calendar with everyone's birthday on it. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's mom's that, responsibility to text the whole family and remind everyone when everyone's birthday is. And right? I hit you, I hit you when it's Donnie's birthday. So yeah, you're the mom. So you're supposed to tell, you're supposed to also when tell. No, nah, but mom doesn't, does mom say when it's her birthday? I guess you no, probably No, you're don't. right. Most moms don't because they want everyone to remember their birthday and they forget yep. that nobody remembers anyone's birthday mm-hmm. unless you tell them. And so happy birthday anyway. Thanks. So wish Heller a happy birthday, even though it's not his birthday anymore. Hope you had a great birthday. It was though, it was though, all my Aries out there. Although I saw something where I might not be an Aries, which would be upsetting because I like that fire sign life. But uh, that this this, this is, we're, we're off track now. What's up? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, well, let's get started with win it or quit it. What am I winning or quitting today? Yeah, that's what we're here to do. Let's do that. Um, all right, so Kevin Durant is a big time baller on the court and quite a follow on social media. Internet beefs aside, Katie made some waves recently when he said the following. Uh, Once I won a championship, I realized like, my view on this game is really about development. Like how good can I be? It's not about, you know, let's go get this championship. I appreciate all that stuff and I want to win to experience all that stuff, but it's, it's not the end all be all of why I play the game. Joy, being a great basketball player isn't all about championships, win it or quit it. Yeah, I can, I, I, I would, I'm with that. I'm with that because sure. you can be, yeah, because you can be a hall of famer. You can be a great player and never win a championship. And that's not to say that you're not trying to win a championship. Okay. But, you know, okay. Dan Marino is still Dan Marino, even though he didn't win a championship. Um, you know, Jim Kelly is still Jim Kelly, even though he didn't win a championship. And there's many examples of NBA players who never won championships. I think, you know, Chris Paul is still an incredibly influential player who I, I think yeah. is showing his value now this year, especially with the Suns. And mm-hmm. he hasn't won a championship. He might still, but he hasn't yet. Kind of room so, for him now. No, I think that I think that it's a balance, right? Like I'm a big championship person. So I think, you know, Katie said it right. Like once he won a championship, you know, he didn't say I never cared about winning championships. Right. He said right. once I won a championship, then 
you know, I started to absorb the game differently. I think people are so reactionary to everything that KD says that they kind of like start hearing what, what they want to hear. Like what he said makes sense. At the yep. end of the day, like how we evaluate sports varies depending on the person that we're talking about, depends on our expectations for their greatness, for depends sure. on what the circumstances are surrounding whether they should be a champion or not. And once you have that on the mantle, it can change how you experience the sport. And I think that that's fair to say, like there's, there's people whose whole priority in life is winning championships. That's Tom Brady. Okay. That's LeBron James. That's Michael Jordan. But like, as far as their basketball lives go, like everybody has their own personal life, right? Like, so let's just take the personal life aside, right. how they manage their bodies away from the yeah. sport, yeah. how they dedicate to themselves during the season. Like those things are unquestioned, right? right? We can't necessarily say that about everybody. And that doesn't mean that they're not champions. Like Dennis Rodman clearly didn't care that much about basketball or winning championships and he still won championships. And that's not to say he wasn't competitive and that he wasn't awesome, but what a yeah, it was never really dedicated to basketball. And no. that's okay because we tend to forget as media members um, and as fans that this is a profession. And not only is it a profession, it's very much a lifestyle because right. you, your job as a professional athlete is to care for your body, is to get better, is to recover, is to eat right, is to think right, is to study, is to get enough sleep. Like it's exhausting to be great at anything yep. but when it involves your body it's literally physically exhausting to be great like you have to do everything in your whole day intentionally like how you eat how you sleep how much water you get how much talking you do how much studying you do how much uh rehab you do what kind of massage you get that day what kind of um treatments you get that day what kind of laser therapy you get that day when do you do this workout versus this workout? When's your rest day? Like every minute of every day mm, is dedicated. I'm exhausted just listening. Yeah, but that's how it is. Like, and so we don't think about that because we're just like, play the game, win, win championships. And it's not that easy to do. And everyone else kind of has to operate in that same space on the team, unless they're just extremely talented, like someone like Dennis Rodman, for it all to work. And like, that's hard. So once you win a championship, I get. And he's like, yeah, I want to see what else the sport <sighs> has to offer me and how I want to absorb it. And right. I think people are kind of reacting to everything Katie says at such an extreme level right now that they're not actually listening to him. I agree with him. I think once you accomplish certain things, you just start to do, you look and absorb your business differently. You know, once you become the CEO of multiple companies, yeah, you may just want to leave and, you know, be a CEO of a startup. You know, just see what the, that experience is like because you've right. already done it at such a high level. You know, if you're you're already you know settled four five class action lawsuits against some of the biggest corporations in America, maybe you want to get into you know yep. some pro bono work just to, to see how that goes. That. You know, so it, it's not it is all about winning championships, but once you have that, once that's not questioned, you can absorb your business differently. And this is KD's business, so I get what he's saying. Yeah, I think this is really enlightening as far as his decision to go to Brooklyn. Because, you know, we we acted like, you know, just like you said, we kind of twist things Kevin Durant says in a weird way. And we sort of had projected onto him like he needed to prove to us he could get a championship by himself. But Kyrie's there, too. And we just sort of hadn't really figured out 
exactly what this all meant for him and what was behind his decision. And so I, I think this is enlightening. I think it's um, interesting. And I think it's refreshing to hear someone not get caught up in, you know, I don't want to call it, uh, I'm trying to find the right phrase for it. But to me, this all stems back to Charles Barkley and his sort of role as great, but non-championship, like punching bag clown that he's assumed where like, if any argument about anything gets off the tracks, Shaq just says, how many championships you got? And then Charles says he doesn't really care, but he seems to care. And so I just think people seeing that every night has fueled this, we have to win at all costs, championship or busts nature. When to me, the teams that make the playoffs, unless your expectation was much higher than that, all 16 of those teams are in basketball, or I guess 20 now with the new playoffs, all of those teams had a successful season. So yeah, and listen, I think the standard should be championships. Don't get me wrong. And I think KD's standard is championships. I think all he's saying is, you know, I have championships. Right. So I Got can him. also experience other things and experience how what this sport gives to me personally as a human being as well. I still think that, that every, every competitive team standard should be championship. And I say that competitive because some teams are rebuilding. Some teams right. have just drafted, you know, the Zion Williamson. So they have to develop some things, you know, like, Everybody's not in the championship conversation, but if you have put together your squad and you are a contender, you know, then the championship should be the standard for you. And right. if you haven't won that, then, you know, you had a good season. I wouldn't call it a success, right. but that right. doesn't but mean that it's a loss. And that doesn't mean that it didn't contribute anything to you personally or to your legacy. Right. All, all is not lost. If you don't win the championship, obviously that's the goal. But I think it's, it's and you know, Katie said some wild stuff, tweeted some wild stuff, DM some wild stuff. I didn't necessarily endorse all of that. But this quote that he gave, I'm, I'm with it. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, move on to football, um, where, as we know, there's a lot of coach speak. Tuesday Tribunal is a new one for me, Joy. Reportedly, Doug Peterson had to meet with Eagles management weekly during his five-year run in Philly. Tuesdays with Lori and Roseman reportedly focus on criticism, analytics, and ridicule, which I believe are the three main ingredients of Philly cheesesteaks. Joy, the Phillies are not flying in the right direction. Would it or quit it? Uh, would it? I I want to say this, okay? Because I said this on, on The Herd before hey. I gave my criticism the other day. And of course, Eagles fans go straight to Joy Hayes, Philadelphia. Not true. I'm actually one of the few people in the world that actually uh, speaks very highly of Philadelphia. Most I don't. Go straight to criticism. No. I happen to like Philadelphia. I've had great times there. Um, I have many good friends from Philadelphia. I think it's a nice city. While we're here, briefly, while we're here, just just briefly, let me interject here. Uh, can you explain the difference between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia? Because they're both blue collar type towns. They're both in the same state. Yet you seem you seem sort of let's say uh, tough and the people from Philly seem broken and sad. <laughs> well, I mean, our football team hasn't been a disaster for decades on decades. That'll do it. Um, so that helps. Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh is on the other side of the state from Philadelphia. Yep. So okay. it's four hours away. So people are mm, very confused really? sometimes. They think it's much closer that we're like that. in competition with each other, but we're really not because Philly is much closer to New York and uh, Pittsburgh is Western Pennsylvania, both blue collar places. Obviously Philadelphia is a little bit bigger than Pittsburgh, but you know, kind of similar disposition. I would say Pittsburgh people are a little more laid back 
then uh, Philadelphia, people from Philadelphia, um, you know, there's a little more animosity with people from Philadelphia than from Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh's tough and gritty, but like not necessarily mad. Proud, right? you're, it seems that you're proud. proud. But like not necessarily mad. Um, Philadelphia fans obviously have a reputation of being mad. Whereas Pittsburgh fans, like you can't say anything bad about the Steelers. Philadelphia fans like love being mad at I, What is that? Self-hate. Those are the two different cultures of, of the town. Me. But they're both like Pennsylvania towns. It worries um, me. So here's my thing with Philadelphia. So that's it. Like I do love Philly and like it's nothing against them. I actually right. want Philadelphia to be good because I think they're one of those brands where like it's been fun having the, the, the Eagles be competitive. Like that was I, a fun Super Bowl. It's, I like Jalen Hurts too. So I would, I would yeah, love to see that. Yeah. Goal. And I really want to see Jalen Hurts get an opportunity, um, which Dolphins fans get mad because they're like, well, why don't you want Tua to get an opportunity? And it's like, I, I, it's, I, I don't, if Tua doesn't work, I have to suffer. If Jalen Hurts doesn't work, I which just doesn't change my life. So <laughs> anyway, this situation is a disaster. So I can't, I don't like dysfunction. I don't enjoy covering dysfunctional teams bummer, that yeah. are going to be consistent with their mess. If you have a crazy year here or there that gives us some content, okay. Yeah. But like, you're just gonna be a, a, like the Browns. Like, finally, thank you, the Browns have gotten on track. Like, they have a coach, they have a culture, they have a quarterback, they have like fun, good pieces. They're a good team. I wanna cover a good team. I wanna talk about what you're capable of, not just be right. like, yeah, it's a complete sh show so i have no expectations that's not good for anybody now i don't think that the eagles are going to be terrible but man you're not going to be a functioning organization for a long time and this is this is part of the reason why why do you have time to meet every tuesday i'm not a huge meeting person i i i i'm just have been an email if it can be an email here's how it goes if it can be a uh an email please email it if it absolutely can't be an email well, let's talk on the phone. If it absolutely cannot be a phone call, and I mean to the to the highest degree, it can't be a phone call. Zoom it up. And we can zoom it up. If it can't be a Zoom, it better be, I mean, I'm talking about like, this is for real what we are talking about. <laughs> years and years are going to be affected by this meeting, right? That's how I feel about meetings. So every yep. Tuesday I'm meeting with the owner of the team, for what? What are we talking about? What are we? For him stocks? To, for are we him talking to, about investments? For him to bust your balls and talk about why you didn't do something based on analytics. Holy moly. Make I'm it stop. Good, fam. Like all the way good. All the way. Stay Fire away me. From me with Please that. pay me not to work because, man, what are <laughs> you talking about? I, there's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. The GM. Uh, the GM, okay, should be involved in personnel decisions, um, trades, you know, salary cap meetings. If we're having like major drama within the building, there's something like a big PR scandal right. going on. Okay, something that we all have to manage. Then I can see the owner and the GM and the GM and the coach like meeting consistently. But you were going over game plans, my brother. This is not what you do. This is not <laughs> what you do. You are not a head coach. 
you are not a coach. You don't know anything about these schemes. You don't know anything about how these analytics actually apply to anything on the field. Why are we in this meeting? Why am I explaining uh, this to you? Because you signed the checks and don't you have anything better to do with your time? Go golf, my guy, enjoy your life. You're a billionaire. Why are you in this meeting with me? What is this accomplishing? You're wasting my time. This is time I could be using, valuable time I could be using to prepare us for the next week. Instead, I'm here talking to you, which you're not gonna do right. nothing. You're not gonna do nothing to either enlighten me or make this team better. You are literally wasting my time. And this is why they ended up with Nick Sirianni. Time out really quickly. I was just Googling, I was just Googling his name to make sure that was, was in fact his name, Nick Sirianni. He's gonna, he's gonna learn to dread Tuesdays just as much as uh, Peterson did. No, I think he signed up for Tuesdays. I think he signed up for Tuesdays with Lori. Well, then they, they signed up for then they signed up for Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays of losing. Yeah, yeah. We all watched the press conference. It, it is what it is. I know people were <laughs> mad as hell at me for saying that he's not a good. Uh, he, he didn't do a good job. He didn't do a good job. He Gotta win the press conference. Gotta win the press. Job to speak. It's his job to coach the team, and it's his job to speak. He has to speak to the media all the time, several times a week. He has to speak to his team daily. Right, and, and, for, and he couldn't. It, he couldn't get through a Zoom press conference. Right, and like the me, if the if the media can't be more intimidating than your NFL players on your football team, you know, like it just doesn't. That math is weird. I just think this is a bad situation for the Eagles. I don't believe in meddling owners. It never works. I don't believe in meddling GMs. It doesn't work. You hire people who know what they're doing and you let them do their job. If I need a new ceiling fan installed, I'm gonna hire an electrician because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. If the electrician shows up and I'm like, mm, but I don't know. I feel like that wire is not the right wire. They're gonna take their stuff and they're gonna say, um, I'm gonna go, good luck with your ceiling fan because clearly you don't need my help, right? That's what they're right. gonna do. This is the same thing, just scale it up millions of dollars. Millions. You are paying somebody who you hired to coach the team. And instead of allowing them to do their job, you're belittling them and wasting their time every Tuesday to run over some analytics that you don't know nothing about. So this is a problem because when it comes to professional organizations, I subscribe to the excellence starts at the top, right? When you're building a, when you're building a family, right? Or you're building a relationship, there's always like a foundation right, that you have to build, it's like right. trust and honesty and, you know, um, like financial things and, you know, your future and all these things, you build it and then you grow up, right? And then the next thing is you get married and the next thing is you start your family and then yeah. raise your family and so on and so forth. With those organizations, it's the opposite. Like the top, the top yeah. is the owner's small, the owner. She or he creates the tone, like sets the tone for the organization if they are a good owner, if they are a good communicator with the public. And it doesn't, they don't have to be the face. It's actually better that they're not the face. Right. And but sometimes they are. And they set the tone for the rest of the organization. They then pass that on to the GM and the presidents. And those, those positions, those executive positions have to carry out that standard to the right. next level, which is the head coach, to the next level, which is the assistant coaches, to the next level, which is the staff, to the next level, which is the team. Like you have to, you have to have a structure that is solid and it starts at the top. And if the top is harassing the next level every day and micromanaging the situation with stuff that you don't even know what you're talking about, then what is the point of this? Everyone has a role, even the owner, even the owner has a role within the 
organization and the team. And their role is to create a functioning environment, a strong culture of support and trust between the GM and the head coach and the ownership. Like good communication, trust. I'm not saying make it a free for all, right? But you don't need to be telling Doug Peterson how to coach. And so now they're having Nick Sirianni, which I gotta be honest, I don't have high hopes for. I hope, I mean, I don't have high expectations for. I hope he does well, right? I hope he's a Hall of Famer. My expectations are much lower than that, okay? And it's because, not necessarily his fault, it's because the situation is dysfunctional. And like, that's just, that is what it is. Like, this is is a tale as old as time, okay? And we've seen seen it plentiful throughout professional sports and even college sports. Like you can't function this way. Yeah, this is this is weirdly a like locker room approach to it's like it's like they're it's like they're they have a next man up approach, but the there's no next man for the owner. It's just the you it's just you dog. You just got to do it. At the GM there could be a next man up, but the owner's got to hire that person. So while you were talking, I googled opposite of culture. And thankfully, Google helped me out and changed that to antonyms of culture. So words that mean the opposite. Here's some good ones. Hurt, rudeness, ineptness, uh, inability, impoliteness, harm, inexperience, clumsiness, bad manners, crudeness, tactlessness, roughness. So not what you want. That doesn't sound like a very chakra aligned environment. No, doesn't sound like a supportive work environment, I would say. No. What's up, Donnie? What's going on, Heike Loki today? What's up? Okay, Heike. The Lakers have been without their top two stars for several weeks, and in that time, they've dropped from number two to number five in the West. Loki relief is on the horizon, with reports that AD and LeBron could both be back within about three weeks. Joy. Despite the good news, the smart thing for LA to do would be to take it easy with their stars' return. Agree or disagree? Oh yeah, I agree. Uh, we just saw Jamal Murray go out with an ACL non-contact yep. injury last night, which sucks. Huge loss for the NBA, mm-hmm. obviously for the Nuggets. But you know, you want your best teams to have all their players healthy, and you know, I, there's nothing that Jamal could have done differently to avoid that. But I, I think that the condensed season has made everything different for everyone. It was probably the wrong thing to push for no load management during a condensed season with the shortest off season ever. You know, we're just seeing a lot of injuries and, you know, it's no surprise that the Heat had a lot of injuries early. It's no surprise that AD and LeBron are banged up now and that we've seen injuries all over the league. So if I'm, if I'm the Lakers, they're playing, they're playing well without LeBron and KD. They're not, you know, they're not pulling Brooklyn, but they did just whoop Brooklyn's ass this weekend. Yep. So I'm like, just wait, like having a high C doesn't matter. You, you're not going to have home court advantage necessarily. You're going to have a couple thousand fans in the stands if that. So, you know, don't worry about it. Just make sure you stay around that fifth, sixth seed and make sure that AD and LeBron are hundred percent healthy when they come back. Now, the one thing that does concern me about the Lakers is that I, I'd like to see AD get as many games as possible while 100% healthy in yeah. before the playoffs start. LeBron, I'm not as concerned about. He's, he plays in the playoffs every single year. So he, he I'm not as concerned about. But AD, I want to see, gets, get the joints oiled, get a little out there, get banging around a little bit before we go into the playoffs. But um, overall, the Lakers are not 
I'm not too concerned about them, but I think that they should be very cautious with both of them. Yeah, last thing you want to do is see somebody regress and get an injury that was completely unnecessary because exactly. you rushed it. All right, high key with the number four overall pick and several needs to be filled. The Falcons could go several different routes with the selection. Low key, whether they take somebody or trade back, whatever Atlanta does will have major ramifications for the rest of the first round. Joy, any guesses on what Atlanta's going to do? What Atlanta's going to do and what Atlanta should do are probably two different things. Yeah. Atlanta needs a defense. It doesn't matter if you have a, the best offense in the league if you can't stop anybody. Because eventually you're going to run into somebody who also has a good defense and then you're going to lose. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you've got to be at least proficient on defense. you got to be at least average on defense if you're going to continue to invest in the offensive side of the ball. Now, I think that they could move back a few spots and allow someone else to come up and take another quarterback, which would push all of the, you know, skill positions down another spot as well. We're, we're all pretty much sure that the Bengals are going to take an offensive lineman unless they're insane. That's what they need to do. So yeah, if you protect Burrow are, at all yeah, costs. Yeah. And if you, if you're Atlanta and there's a lot of wide receivers available, like in the second round and third round still that they can, they can contribute. So that's not the, what they need. They need an offensive line. Yep. So if you're Atlanta, there's some talks they could take Kyle Pitts. I don't hate taking Kyle Pitts because he's, uh, he's to me, he's the only like true lock in the draft to be great. Trevor Lawrence, obviously also, but you know, it takes some time. It's going to take some time in Jacksonville. I think we get him to, you know, uh, an elite level, even mm -hmm. though he is, you know, the best quarterback prospect we've seen in a long time. So it's, you know, it's Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Pitts and we know Trevor Lawrence is going to be gone. So Kyle Pitts to me is, is the other sure thing in the draft. So I wouldn't hate that they take him, but to me, they just, they, they've got to, got to do something with that defense. It's similar to the Cowboys. And there's been some rumors this week that Jerry Jones is smitten with Kyle Pitts and who isn't, but like you, you pick at 10. So you're going to trade up to take Kyle Pitts and you have the, like a terrible defense. You set a franchise record for the most points allowed last year. Probably yeah. want to spend a few of those picks on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think the Atlanta is the key to the draft and what they do will have a ripple effect on the rest of the draft. If I was Atlanta, I'm trading out of that spot. Like I'm getting more picks. We need a defense. We can still, we can move back a few spots and still get a high level um, contributor on the offensive side of the ball and get other picks in the first round to use on the defensive side of the ball. So yeah. to me, it makes no sense for Atlanta to stay there unless you take Kyle Pitts to take a quarterback would be insane to me, but there is a lot of talk about them possibly taking a quarterback, maybe taking Trey Lance at number four. Mm -hmm. I'm very high on Trey Lance, but you have Matt Ryan for sure for the next two years at a very high price point, And he's not a bad quarterback. It's not the position that you need. And if you take some, a quarterback in the top 10, fans are going to want to see him sooner rather than later. That's just yeah. how it works when you take a, a quarterback in the top 10 in the draft. It's another thing if you take a quarterback in the second round or the third round and you're like, you know, develop him and he's going to sit behind that line. There's not as much pressure. Top 10 pick on a quarterback that's not going to play for two years. I don't see how you pitch that. So to me, the Atlanta is the key, but if I'm Atlanta, I move back. They've needed defensive help for so long, it feels like. This has been an issue for years and years and years. And, like, let's let's get that over with. Let's nip that in the bud. Even though it's, it's way past that point of nipping it in the bud, let's just address this issue. Do it. Do it. <laughs> All right. High key, the future face of the NBA is making major strides while the current face recovers from injury. 
Low-key, greatness has always been expected of Zion, but who saw it coming from him playing point guard? Joy, is handling the ball the future for Zion Williamson? Yes. Yes, and I love that. that I love that the Pelicans are putting him in a position where he can be effective, but also making the offense and the team run through Zion. Yes. Zion's team. It's going to be Zion's team. It's not Brandon Ingram's team. It's Zion's team. They need to have him in a position where he is the leader, where he's the primary ball handler. I don't care about how big he is. He has the point guard skills, so let him do it. This is essentially a positionless league now. thanks to LeBron so who cares how big he is let it run through him and he's shooting at such a high efficiency rate it doesn't matter like he's working he's already a top 15 I mean you could argue probably a top 10 player in the league and that is astounding but don't squander it don't don't bury his development or his confidence because you feel like you know you have to play a certain way he doesn't he, he grew, I think he was 5'9". From the time he was in 8th grade to 10th grade, he went from 5'9 to 6'6". Six six. Wow. So Shut up. <laughs> in that time, <laughs> he developed point guard skills because he wasn't yeah. the biggest player on his team. So he has the skills, let him develop, run the team through him. It's the right thing to do. And I like that the Pelicans are at least doing that. Now they have to get some other stars down there and put some pieces around him. Yeah. Or we're going to run into another LeBron Cavs situation that's not dysfunctional. So uh, overall, I like what they're doing with him. And he's having an incredible season and it's so fun to watch. And I'm just, we're really lucky to have him, especially with all of the injuries that have been going on in the NBA this year. Yeah. Like, he's been, been an unbelievable story. It's so fun to watch. What's good for Zion is good for the NBA. Let's keep that going. Correct. Hey T, happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. It's T's birthday. That's all, that's all you got to read. <laughs> and my horrific voice. But happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you so much. Love the singing. <laughs> so exciting. Um, I won't yeah. ask you what you're doing because I know you, we're keeping all that private, but hope you have lots of fun. Um, you deserve it. You look amazing. And what's going on in the culture report? Thanks so much. Okay. So Yeezys are officially the most valuable sneakers in history. Um, and you know, just congrats to Kanye. I feel like that's amazing. It's such a huge accomplishment. I mean, he passed Jordan's and, you know, I obviously don't have a pair of Yeezys, but like, I didn't really realize how many people love his shoes. And when I like think back about like when it, they first came out and how they were just like, you know, just a couple hundred dollars. And then with the resale, they they're like worth like thousands of dollars now. And he's collabed with Nike's collab with Adidas. I mean, people like this generation X millennials, like we're all about like trends and people love to like start a new trend. And Kanye's shoes are just the new thing. People actually camp out for them. So like, I'm just not surprised. I think that he, he said that he's like this fashion icon. I mean, he kind of compared himself to Walt Disney. And I think everything that he said that he would do, it's just, it's amazing to see that he's actually doing it despite everything else that's like, you know, coming at him with the divorce with Kim and everything. So I'm really happy for him. I feel like maybe now, who knows, Joy, I may get a pair of Yeezys. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, he definitely did manifest himself and work hard to become a fashion icon. I mean, I think you can't argue if you have the best selling shoes of all time that you are. I mean, that's a billion dollar business. 
um, that's been around for, I don't know, as long as people have had feet. So that's an amazing accomplishment. I still think Yeezys are ugly shoes and I'm not going to buy any, but that's not because I like hate Kanye or I am like too cool for Yeezys. I just don't like them. And I subscribe to the sneaker mentality that uh, my friend Scotty Bean does, which is I buy shoes that I think look good on me and that I like. Um, and I've just never liked the style of Yeezy. So I've never understood other than the Kanye hype, which I get spending that kind of money on a pair of shoes that I don't think look good, but doesn't take anything away from the accomplishment. And that's awesome. And I, I think he's a good example of, you know, people would clown him for his Yeezy fashion shows of these like pantyhose things. And everybody who is a creative, everybody's not always gonna understand what you do. But that doesn't invalidate what you accomplish or can accomplish. Um, and I think that's, that's, you know, that's a credit to Kanye's vision that he didn't just stop whenever people told him the stuff was ugly. <laughs> so we yeah, are like, good for Kanye. There's a lot of people that love those shoes. Um, and that's, that's an amazing accomplishment. Absolutely. And even with everything that's been going on with him the past like year, like the fact that his shoes are still just doing so doing amazing. Like, I mean, that says a lot, like people are just, people camp out for them. I mean, they love them. So I get it. There's, there's, but yeah, I, I, probably, I probably won't end up, I don't know, the price will go down maybe, but who knows? I don't know. I saw some red ones that I was just like, oh, like these are actually kind of cute. But, but like you said, to your point, like you buy shoes that look good on you. And so I don't even know if they look good on me, but we'll see. <laughs> um so um next so a stripper complained um that she had danced all night and I feel like I don't even know her name but um I guess apparently Usher threw Usher bucks while he was at a strip club and there was a woman that came for a stripper obviously and she was saying that she was actually posting photos uh with money with Usher's face on it and there was just this whole outrage because apparently, like, I guess he didn't pay, but we've come to find out that he actually did pay the um, the money that had his face on it, which is now called the Usher Bucks, which I love that name. I think it's hilarious. Um, now they're saying that he was actually promoting his residency this this summer. And so I thought it was really interesting because a lot of times, like, this is just kind of going back to like trends and like this with the Kanye thing. It's like when people hear something, people tend to like kind of jump on this bandwagon of like believing what they hear. And like when I first heard about it, I was just like, this is like, is this really Usher? Like Usher's not the kind of person that I would think, like he minds his own business. So I was kind of hard, I found it hard to believe that he was like really out here, like not paying sure for the kids so much money. Like, why would he not do that? And people kind of got jumped on this bandwagon of not really believing him and stuff. And now I'm glad that it came out that he's not, like you know giving out fake money because it just wouldn't be a good look especially with the residency but I think we just all need to like not just hear something and then just kind of take that and run with it we're just kind of getting the full story that's kind of what I took from that well yeah it I mean it's harder to get the truth out once the lie has permeated throughout society because people don't bother to like check back in and get updates and see what actually happens like nobody really cares about the statement it's whoever puts something out first that generally wins um because when i first heard this i was like oh terrible look and where are you doing this like you give out fake money at the wrong strip club you're playing with your life out here um so i was like what is happening and then i was a little confused i'm like this is usher is not new like he cannot be out here 
giving out fake money like this is some normal thing to do like people aren't going to be furious and especially in that business like when you work for cash and you're giving out monopoly money like someone should be happy to, <laughs> to receive that but as it turns out someone just posted it on social media it went crazy as you said it turns out the money is just a promotional item for his residency this happened at the sapphire in vegas they've cleared it up that he actually tipped real money and tipped all the other servers and everyone very handsomely using real money and apparently someone from his team left behind the fake usher bucks and you know that was money that was supposed to promote his residency and then it got confused for like what he was tipping i I'm like, it, well, obviously we're in the business, so we follow up on these stories. <laughs> so I'm glad this is not what actually happened, but I will admit at first I was like, oh, I, I was confused as hell, but I'm glad I sure did not do this because this would be a terrible look. Um, I'm sure he's very upset with whoever left that behind because it had him slandered out in these streets, but it's all cleared up. I don't think the internet's going to learn the lesson of doing research and following back up on the story off of this one, but we can safely say Usher is not out here throwing Usher bucks at uh, the dancers. So we don't have to cancel him because that is cancelable. <laughs> like you said, the money looked fake. So it was like, like what? Listen, I mean, I'm I sorry, the money outraged. looked real. I was outraged on our prep call yesterday, outraged. So I'm glad I'm able to calm down. I did not react on, <laughs> on social media to it. I'm glad I waited. So I don't have to issue an apology for my egregious response, but yes. Ursher is not out here ruining his reputation. Thank the Lord. All right, so speaking of reputation, whew, Chet Banks, oh who I is can't. Tom Hanks' No, son. I can't, I can't. So at first I wasn't really sure how I felt about him. Cause I was just like, who is this guy? And I'm just, now I'm like, I don't know. I'm a fan, I, I, I like him, I do. And when he dropped the snippet for this white boy, Summer Joy, I just, I, 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 I think he's, He's kind of a vibe for me. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know. See, if you think he's sexy. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's I think he's very sexy. I mean, I do. And I think that he's just he got a little swag to him. And he's not here just doing his thing. People make fun of him with this Jamaican accent. They think that he's just he wants to like be invited to the cookout. But I think that this is this is who he is. Like he appreciate black people. He obviously wants to be a rapper now. I don't know how long that's been a thing, but I'm kind of here for it. Joy, I don't know. What do you think? Listen, I need Tom to come and get his son. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is happening. Chet Hanks, out, first of all, nobody wants a white boy summer. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> Actually, has there ever not been a white boy summer? That's probably a better I question. So. I think it's, it's always, always a white, white boy summer, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> Look, I get it. He is a, he is a handsome man. Um, I, I'm, you know, some of his stuff is funny. The, the white boy summer thing. I don't think I, I don't think I'm interested in having a white boy summer personally myself, but, um, you know what he has, like, people are not really mad at him. Like, I, I like to read yeah. the comments, not that the mm -hmm. comment section is, you know, the Bible, but it can generally give you a view of how split the culture is on something. And it was overwhelmingly positive. So I don't know if that's because he is attractive, um, because I, I don't know that it was necessarily a bop. And as I said, I don't think I'm signing up for a white boy summer, but <laughs> he's he's got he's managed to find his way into some sort of support space and people are vibing with him. Uh, I I don't I, I don't 
I don't think I subscribe to the Jamaican accent thing. I think that's very strange. It's very Malibu's most wanted for me. Um, but like I said, people people are into it. I, I just, you know, my, my only thing with with um, with chat is I feel like chat would be one of those um, white boys to come to me and be like, um, I'm actually black or like I'm blacker than you. And then I have to get violence and nobody wants <laughs> So, so I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like they be getting two guests up sometimes. Like, no, 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 no. You got it. <laughs> You guys just 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 calming on down. I know you got excited, okay, but just calming on down. Um, but yeah, I don't know. People people are into it. I, I also think too. Yeah, he has it. He has a very fun personality for me. I think that he's just himself, and he's very likable. So I thought I mean, for I'm, a while it was like a parody skit thing. Yeah, but I think this is really how he lives his life. Yeah. Okay. He has a biracial daughter and all that. So, I mean, I, I, I really don't think he's pretending. I think this is just really how he is. He's really cool. He's always showing love to everybody. He's in support of like a lot of bros out there. Like he, he's just, he's very, he's, he seems very like nice. And I mean, perhaps I don't know him, but I mean. How would he behave at the cookout though? That's my question. <laughs> I, feel like he, I feel like he would know all the words to the lyrics of every like rap song that played. <laughs> yeah. But is he like, oh, is he like jumping up on the picnic table? Like trying to put on a performance you know what i'm saying is he grabbing grandma when she like when she's trying to get a plate you know what i'm saying because there's always somebody who's like uh -uh, no 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 i would hope not I, please don't do that i don't we know don't see i feel that. like he, i feel like he's the one you bring and then you're you have instant regret like oh no you needed to be more behaved <laughs> You can't just bring anybody to the cookout. It's a liability. Right. You might not recover. Yes. From that point forward, the family's like, no, you can't bring you no, you can't bring nobody else to the cookout. But right. actually, no, you're now uninvited. So <laughs> right. you don't want to get uninvited. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod, myself at Joy Taylor Talks. And you can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartMedia app, and Apple Podcasts. And we'll catch you next week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Uh.